Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I am Matt Harmon. I'm joined by my stat nerd partner in crime, Dalton Del Don. And Dalton, buddy, we, like, I don't know how much time we have for pleasantries here because this, this podcast could be like two hours long because there has been a ton of stuff going on in the NFL world. But uh, anyways, l- let's have a little pleasantry here. How you doing, fella? How you doing? Doing well, and you're not joking. Football just never sleeps. I'm really into baseball, but it's just year-round in the NFL. I mean, just wild, you know, franchise quarterbacks getting traded, Tom Brady out of retirement. Yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, literally, it's like, okay, uh, yeah, MLB, you had your little lockout, and <laughs> boom, NFL news. Uh, oh, it's it's uh, time to set the March Madness bracket thing. All the, the What do they call that? That damn day, whatever. Boom, Tom Brady comes out of retirement. You know, it, it's like the NFL – you could say never sleeps. You could say never shuts the hell up. But you know what? It keeps the lights on. So um, I'm I'm here for it. It's been a wild time. Let's jump right into it. Uh, I, right off the top here, we both have said it already. Tom Brady's, he says he has unfinished business. I'm not even calling it a retirement. I'm calling it an extended vacation that he took for about 40 days uh, away from the NFL. So uh, Tom Brady is back. And we saw the ramifications of this right away, basically, when Ryan Jensen uh, took less money money than what he probably would have got on the open market there star center to come back to Tampa Bay you know Carlton Davis you know I I don't know what kind of crazy mafia accounting they're doing down there in Tampa to keep all these guys but but they're they're bringing players back primarily because I think look you, you you go from a team that is potentially about to be quarterbacked by like people are out, actually out there embarrassing themselves talking about like well, what if Blaine Gabbert is the week one starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know before Kyle Trask is ready to take over you go from that to now Tom Brady's back in an NFC that is beyond the Packers and Rams pretty wide open yeah so Bill Simmons kept hinting that Brady wasn't finished um, it makes more sense to do this now than taking a year off at his age uh, there are rumors circulating that Brady spent the last two to three weeks feeling out my 40, our 49ers, my apologies, yeah. uh, their in, his interest there, you know, to come home. That's where he's from. So I really, and there really was legit interest there um, before he went to Tampa Bay. So anyways, back in Tampa Bay, there's a, a controversy in Vegas. Someone made a big bet on their futures. They went from 60 to one, you know, down to seven to one. Um, obviously this increases the 
fantasy value of Mike Evans. Uh, now, how soon will Chris Godwin return from injury? Gronk will probably resign. Fournette even went from taking away the Bucks uh, stuff on his uh, on his social media to re putting it back yeah. on. So he'll probably. I think he be actually back. sent out like a goodbye tweet or whatever to Tampa Bay because kind of reading the writing on the wall with their salary cap situation. You know, again right. heading into like a Kyle Trask potential situation there. Um, he's like goodbye Tampa Bay. See what's that? And then boom, Brady's back. Deletes the tweet. Like so, yeah. I I think. We could see Fournette back as of like just off the top, by the way, we're recording this at just right, right around 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, March 15th. So anything that breaks after the next hour or so, we're not going to talk about on the show. Um, but yeah, as of right now, Fournette's not back there. Um, you talked about Mike Evans. Uh, I'll get to Russell Gage in a second because he's the kind of one offensive playmaker that they've added to this mix so far but um you know i wrote in the recap piece to this as of now gronk is not back but i expect gronk to come back at some point too it just makes you know uh, his joe burrow like musings were cute uh, at one point but i think we'll probably see gronk back with tampa bay uh mike evans you know with chris godwin uh banged up entering this year uh you know antonio brown gone Mike Evans could be a guy who's in line for a top 10 wide receiver season. And I don't know if he'll be drafted that way, but I think he really should be. 100% with his, uh, with the Brady news, I moved uh, Evans all the way to, to number 10. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's back in top 10. You could even argue up as high as number seven, actually, frankly. I think he's uh, right there in that argument, right after the big, you know, the Tariq Hill, Chase, Jefferson, that group. Right there with now CeeDee Lamb, which we'll talk about too, because he's oh, yeah. definitely in the group now with those targets opening up in in Dallas. But yeah, with Godwin, come back at Brady, uh, Evans is a top 10 option once again. So yeah, it was, it was, it was massive. Yeah, they brought back Carlton Davis, um, as you said, Russell Gage. So yeah, this thing. Their team is all in. It's funny. Funnily, the, the person maybe the may not return is Bruce Arians, our coach. That's still up in the air. But yeah, they're bringing the back, mean, band back I together. Okay. All right. You think so? All right. Well, I uh, think so. Simmons we'll did hint that he might be out. But um, I uh, either way, big news for Evans. I agree. That's the biggest news fantasy and and Fournette. Uh, yeah, with with the hobbled Godwin because he suffered that injury so late in the year. Uh, Evans is just uh, yeah, he's off to a historical start to his career as far as wide receivers and and he's set up for a big big campaign next year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he could have top five upside, you know, 20 plus touchdowns the last two years. Him and Brady have unbelievable chemistry. Talk to Mike Evans about this during Super Bowl week. Like, I, I think Evans is still is still somehow even at entering his age 29 season is still a really underrated player. Um, I think he's at 109 and 114 targets the last two years. Give me the over on both of those numbers for this coming season with Godwin banged up. But I do want to talk about Russell Gage, though. Uh, they signed him just a couple of hours ago. I haven't seen the contract details on this one yet, but dude, Russell Gage is kind of good, man. He's, he's, he's a player who popped up a little bit for the Falcons to end last year. I can't believe the Falcons. I know they have no money. They, they're pretty cap strapped right now. They've, they've got a lot of problems on their books, but I have number one, I have no idea who the F is playing uh wide receiver for the Falcons this year, but Russell Gage pretty good separator um, gets open versus man coverage, you know, gets open in the short to intermediate areas um, can play X Z and a slot receiver. Like he could move all around the formation uh, and, you know, also really, really tough at the contested catch point too. You know, this is a guy who made his bones on special teams, but is a pretty athletic player who is just kind of now starting over the last couple of years to get some reps at wide receiver. He was one of the biggest surprises for me going back and watching him last year. I think he's a legit good player and I love this fit 
as the number three and, you know, depending on Godwin's status to start the year, you know, could even potentially be like a 2B2 or a 2A receiver there alongside Chris Godwin as he gets back up to form. He's the guy that I think I'll be trying to get in later rounds, you know, in that sort of like, he's not Antonio Brown, of course. Brown is still like playing like a top 10 receiver in the NFL, even though, you know, he's probably not, I I think he's probably done in the NFL, but Gage is legit good and a, a bona fide sleeper for next year for sure. Yeah, me too. I agree. I've repeatedly heard similar views with his tape and his big improvement in contested catch ability. Uh, again, Godwin suffered that injury late. And Brady perennially is among the league leaders, if not the league leader, in end zone targets. I mean, it's yeah. just money for fantasy value for his pass catchers. So, uh, yeah, Russell Gage was impressive. And now he's going to be a nice opportunity with Tom Brady throwing him the ball. So, yeah, I'm in on him. And we shall see what happens with Fournette, these running backs. If Fournette does sign elsewhere, you know, then they could be looking at a potential rookie back there. Um, but we'll see, you know, some of these pass catching backs, like, uh, you know, we'll talk about them going uh, throughout the program here, but they've signed elsewhere. So we'll see what happens. With Keyshawn Vaughn was competent enough in the postseason. I mean, he would become yeah. a, a very, a more than even a sleeper if both Ronald Jones and Fournette left. Yeah, until they, again, they draft like another right, guy in the third right, round. Yeah, and the, yeah. so I mean, it's, yeah. we'll see what happens. But I, I think. And if I'm Leonard Fournette, bro, I'm like getting back to. Oh yeah, he had, sure. he had over 1,200 total yards last year in 14 games. Was third among running backs and catches. Like I think he would be smart to head back there, but totally. I, I don't think anyone's going to blow him away with a big contract. Big contract. Speaking of big contracts, speaking of wide receivers, Amari Cooper, his big ass contract, sort of at this point, like it actually doesn't look that bad considering some of the other ones we've seen on the market. Uh, he was traded from the Dallas Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns. They swap six round picks. And they get a fifth-round pick, do the Dallas Cowboys, for Amari Cooper. When when the reports got leaked that they were going to release Amari Cooper, I was like, man, somebody should just throw a throw a day three pick at them, you know, because clearly they want this contract off the books, do the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they kind of signal, hey, we're going to cut him, and, and he fetches a fifth-round pick. Now, I think Amari Cooper is not a number one receiver. I think he's actually probably – one of, if not the most overrated receivers in the NFL. Um, but that's my personal opinion about the player. This move is great for Cleveland because their wide receiver depth chart is terrible. But I get where Dallas is coming from, especially uh, on the back of then extending Michael Gallup. But what was your reaction to the Amari Cooper trade? And I don't know how true it is, but reportedly Cooper and Dak got into it in the locker room after the loss to the 49ers in, in the playoffs. But um, I, so I instinctively lowered Cooper in my fantasy rankings with the move. But the more I think about it, you know, going outdoors, obviously the downgraded quarterback. But how much was the accuracy issue with, with Mayfield last year with the left shoulder injury? Will Deshaun Watson be the QB there? Um, and, and he should soak up all the targets in Cleveland. So I don't know. where. What do you think? Is it a, is it a, a up downgrade, upgrade, neutral move for, for Cooper himself's fantasy value? I would say that if I, if Cooper had been back in Dallas this year, which you're right, like basically from the moment the 49ers game ended, it seemed like this divorce was coming. That was ironically like the one of the first few things on Jerry Jones's mind after this game was like, hey, man, I'm pretty disappointed with Amari Cooper, which but this is the second team that has soured on the Amari Cooper experience, which I think goes to prove my point that he's not like this boat. The league doesn't view clearly doesn't view him as like a bona fide number one receiver. I do not either, but he's going to be the number one target for the Browns. I would say that if he had, he had been back on the Dallas Cowboys, I'd have probably had him in like the low teens, uh, early 20s, because I think he's a player that's kind of, you know, is what he is at this point, where I think CeeDee Lamb has a, a chance to continue to ascend. And I kind of feel like he'll be in the low teens, early 20s for me at wide receiver on the Browns. 
they're a team that's definitely not done at wide receiver. You know, I don't know if they'll sign another big ticket guy on the market, but they certainly will. I, I expect them to draft somebody, even if they are one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL. Like you can't be going out there with like Amari Cooper and then like Donovan Peoples Jones and all these goofballs behind <laughs> them. Even if, um, even if they did bring back David, even Joku. if in joke yeah. is back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like a, Maybe lateral move, you know, less efficiency, but more volume. Uh, he's just not a guy that's ever, you know, commanded a ton of targets. And I think there's a reason for that. I think that's right. I lowered him too much originally. I think it's neutral move. He should fall around the area. It looks like his ECR in Fantasy Pros is a wide receiver 24. That sounds about right to me. You can, you know, give or take three or four spots either way. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I would like him, this is such, you know, classic crutch analysis, but I would like him a lot in best ball because I think he's going to have big games. You know, I think he could have been used more as a deep threat in the Dallas Cowboys offense. I think, you know, some of these vertical shots on play action will be really nice in the Browns offense. But again, it's Baker Mayfield. Like if he's back to, you know, it's, just, it's a lot of questions for Amari Cooper. And again, this is his third team wide receivers, changing teams typically isn't great unless you're like Steph Diggs or, uh, or, or unless, you know, you're, you're uh, Deandre Hopkins or something like that. And Amari Cooper is 100% not either of those players. So uh, we'll see. Let's flip this back to Dallas though. Obviously, they lose Cedric Wilson to the Dolphins. He signs a three-year deal there. They extend Michael Gallup on maybe the most team-friendly contract in freaking NFL history. I love Gallup. Like, if you're getting a 50% discount from Cooper to Gallup, like, that's a huge, all, all the way for Michael Gallup in that one. Because he's not 50% less of a player than Amari Cooper. Obviously, he's coming off a late-season ACL. I think that's why the Cowboys had the leverage here. But listen, this is, is this not just, like, wheels all the way up for C.D. Lammer or what? I was so disappointed in his, you know, pr production last year, but yes, all the way up for Lamb. I mean, the, he was, they were among the league leaders in pass attempts. Dak Prescott did not run as much since suffering the injury. Um, Blake Jarwin suffered some crazy hip injury that he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. I mean, after Gallup. They cut him with not, the injury designation. Oh, right? he's totally think, cut. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they'll probably, they'll bring that back Schultz, but then after Gallup, who may not even be ready in September, it's Noah Brown, Malik Turner. I mean, it's also a little bit of a bump for my guy, Tony Pollard, who I'm threatening to rank higher outright than Ezekiel Elliott this year but I see some more <laughs> targets there but but CD Lamb is right there in the conversation after that big five he's I mean he's number six on my my board now and, and you could you know he's a second round fantasy pick with all these targets opening up in Dallas yeah there was a lot of kind of stupid angst about a CD Lamb season in like dynasty circles this year like maybe he's not a bona fide dynasty wide receiver one or something like that um there's a lot of that weird talk out there dude CD Lamb's a baller and I me mean, sharing targets with a lot of really good players there you know Cooper for I feel like I said a lot of negative things about him there but he's like I think he's one of the best number two receivers in the NFL like a, a guy who's going to command a lot of volume there as well even if he's not going to be like a target hog type of receiver CD Lamb I think can be a target hog type of receiver if it's like him and a collection of guys around him and then whenever Michael Gallup who I think is as good as Amari Cooper but again if it's Gallup and CeeDee Lamb like boom now we're now we're talking at this point for CeeDee Lamb to get a ton of volume I agree with you wide receiver six sounds right to me with no Cedric Wilson let him eat out of the slot a little more too I like yeah it. yeah and I think Lamb could be a guy that they use on the interior they could use him outside like he'll just probably play you know 98% of the snaps this year. I think he could be one of those type of receivers. So it, it is wheels up for him. Uh, I think losing Amari Cooper, it's probably just 
better for all sides. Like for everyone's fantasy value, I think it's better that Cooper is gone. It's probably better for Cooper to be, um, you know, somewhere that they actually want him there or whatever. But we'll see. It's also it's just again, it's a great deal for the Browns to take on. They could get out of this deal after one year because they're no more guaranteed money if Cooper doesn't like you know blow the doors off or whatever. But you mentioned Deshaun Watson. We got to talk about Deshaun Watson. Listen, you by now you 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 know the deal with like the the criminal proceeding. He wasn't indicted by the grand jury. Um, you know, even though. I feel like I've heard 300 people say uh, the line about, you know, I've heard a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich if they could. I've, everybody that is even tangentially uh, related to law in my friend group has told me that joke. I'm like, that's that's great. Well, OK, well, Deshaun Watson did not get it, did not get indicted by the grand jury. So it seems like this has set off, you know, the the bidding war for Deshaun Watson. Now, obviously, whatever you think about it. I, I don't know. It feels gross to kind of talk about the whole Deshaun Watson thing like right now still, but it, this is where we're at with it. It sounds like teams like the Falcons, the Browns, the Panthers, and the Saints, basically everybody in the NFC South except the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are potentially about to get in a big bidding war for Deshaun Watson now. Yeah, it's also weird that um, that teams are in, they're courting him, and he's even rejecting, in, like, Seattle apparently outright even a meeting, and he might even be suspended for an undetermined amount of time. Right. But I, Deshaun Watson on the field, the last time we saw him, was absolutely one of the three best players in football. 8.9 YPA, crazy TD to INT ratio. There was no DeAndre Hopkins. He was facing a tough schedule with no one around him, bad infrastructure, head coach. I think they ran the ball, like, first and 10, crazy amount, oh, too. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson is, I mean, we talk just the player only. Fantasy, obviously, is great, but real life, I mean, he's seven years younger than Russell Wilson. I mean, he's, yeah, it makes sense why teams are lining up to get him the player. So, yeah, it's, and it's going to be humongous. I mean, I'm in a, a slow draft best ball, and, and it's all about, yeah, Deshaun Watson is going to make the difference of all these players' fantasy values where he ends up just dramatically. I mean, he could end up in Atlanta with Allen Robinson as his number one. I mean, there's so many different, you know, permutations here, but as a Niners fan, I just, I'd love him to go to the Browns. Please stay, stay in the AFC. <laughs> The AFC's got enough co quarterbacks at this <laughs> point, right? The NFC needs some help bad in terms of the quarterback <laughs> landscape. But yeah, I mean, he's a 26-year-old quarterback. Didn't obviously play football at all last year. Uh, was basically just paid to stay on the inactive list for the Houston Texans uh, as neither side wanted much to do with the other. You're right. The fact that he has a no-trade clause has made this like a bit, you know, it's, it's made it a whole big thing. Like they can't just send him to the highest bidder. Deshaun has to approve this whole thing. And yeah, I expect a suspension to come. Uh, you know, we've seen, even if guys don't get in criminal trouble, I'm thinking about like Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, these guys who have had off the field trouble, uh, you know, not the same thing that Deshaun has gotten himself into, but uh, you know, of similar branches of the tree or whatever, no criminal charges in those cases, but they were suspended. I think six, was it six games for Roethlisberger and six games for Zeke? So I feel like six to eight games is, is you should be expecting that for Watson next year. Yeah, because Watson has a huge, you know, civil cases coming his way. Yes. The only argue, only counter one would have is that they could just say time served and he missed all of last year. But yeah, but yes, I, 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 I would it. personally expect further because as you, you mentioned earlier, yeah, these are gross allegations. I mean, it's 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 gross stuff. So yes, I would still expect uh, some sort of suspension. But, you know, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't, we will know more once we see his landing spot. But yes, I'm with you. If I had to bet, I would guess there is a, there is more games to be missed for Watson. 100%. The Falcons is a really interesting one because apparently... Um, he's 
from the the like close to it's close to home basically for him to be going back there. Um, so there's that. But you know, apparently he said he wanted a team with a good coaching staff, a good offensive line, and a good defense. Well, maybe a good coaching staff. Definitely no checkbox on the other two. And like I mentioned, with Russell Gage gone, they've got Kyle Pitts and like Chad Hansen. Yeah. as their top pass catchers there. So, uh, you know, Cordero Patterson is still a free agent uh, for this team. The Panthers, we know they've been desperate to get Deshaun. I totally, by the way, I totally buy the conspiracy theory that um, the Panthers re-signed Cam Newton, you know, to give kind of like a nice storybook and like wrap up on good terms with Cam because Cam and Deshaun Watson are apparently close um, and like, you know, make it a little like, hey, we didn't just kick Cam out the door and, and you know, whatever back in, in 2020. We tried to make this thing right. Uh, I totally buy that theory that that was all part of it. Like, I think they've just been obsessed with Deshaun Watson. And I think I feel like right now they're they're probably the team I expect because they took he took the meeting with them first. Apparently, he is in a position to waive his no trade clause to go to Carolina, even though he didn't want to do that a couple of years ago or a year ago. Um, they're the team I think maybe ends up with him, which obviously, like you said, for from a pure fantasy perspective, would be huge for the guys in that offense. Yeah, this podcast probably won't age well, but that would be my guess too. It does seem like team yeah. ownership <laughs> at level, the Panthers are the most in, and they have been for a while now. It looks like they really want to make a big splash. They're ready to spend the money and, and go for it. But And I saw someone else say this, but DJ Moore or Michael Thomas, could he, either one is going to see their fantasy value you know, shoot up 15 spots in the wide receiver rankings if he joins them. But yeah, that would be my guess too, is Carolina, but it seems pretty, uh, you know, there's four teams at least in the mix right now yeah so 6 p.m eastern time he is traded to the cleveland browns that's what will happen because we just talked about this on the podcast um last piece of news uh here andrew whitworth retired uh it's a big loss for the super bowl champs but they did re-sign joseph noteboom uh who was their starting left tackle uh four times when andrew whitworth was injured they're kind of banking on him being the guy to take the place of andrew whitworth but all, i mean shout out to andrew whitworth the great guy in the community here in los angeles in, in the la area ever since he signed here it was really like the first big move of the sean McVay era was to okay jared goff stunk as a rookie part of it was because the offensive line was terrible let's go get this guy who um you know i listened to an interview i think it was with clint bowling i want to say was the old bengals guard uh leading up to this past year's super bowl that like andrew whitworth even when clint bowling who hasn't played in the nfl for years back was with cincinnati next to andrew whitworth was like Whitworth's like, oh man, I don't know how long I'm gonna, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna do this. And he plays till he's forty, wins the Super Bowl against his own team. It's a hell of a way to go out. You know, can't Aaron Donald also ride off into the sunset after the Super no, Bowl win? Come no, on, no, come on, no, man. No, he was, no, he was no, hinting no. at it. Come on. Uh, yeah, losing the left tackle. One. Camp Akers is going to be a fascinating fantasy pick uh, next year. Yeah. I was in yeah, as a first-rounder last year before suffering his Achilles, and he made the miraculous comeback, but then was shut down. Yeah, it was, but it was tough opponents. You know, who else do you trust there? So, yeah, another wrinkle there when examining uh, Akers is, yeah, they, they're, they're starting a new left tackle. Yes, it's interesting there, too. We'll see a lot of changes potentially on the horizon for the Rams, but this, uh, this is the biggest one, I think. But again, for them to bring no boom back, I think was huge and potentially keeping some level of continuity. They also brought back Brian Allen too, uh, their starting center. Uh, so we shall see with the LA Rams. All right, let's move into some free agent signings again, mostly with the fantasy focus here. Some of these I'll lump together. Some of these will go one by one. Um, let's get the quarterbacks out of the way first. Uh, surprisingly, just, I think there's a, there's a lot of teams out there waiting for the Deshaun Watson domino to fall. 
um because the jimmy g thing has been on i was gonna say well not too. the jimmy g domino i can yeah, see i can see your i can see the angst it's on lukewarm, your face Harman, it's lukewarm and even right before we started recording the colts are now reportedly out so i i that was my one say i thought indy was in on them reportedly they liked his uh his character and whatnot but uh yeah it's an ice cold trade market for jimmy g uh right now reportedly Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll see, though. Again, I think that he w- his market will heat up once the Watson thing, which seems like it'll happen by maybe the end of the week. Although I still part not to double back on the Watson thing. You know, part of me still is a little skeptical because it feels like insiders have been like, oh, this is imminent, you know, multiple times over the last you know year or so. And then another legal thing, com- you know, comes up with the civil cases still being out there, you know, the suspension potentially hanging over. I don't know, but we'll see. Sounds like once that happens, though, we'll get the Jimmy G thing. But some of these teams, perfect example, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we thought they would be a good fit for uh, Jimmy G. They end up getting Mitchell Trubisky for two years at not. You always know this, people. This is how the this is how the sausage is made out there. Dalton, you know this, too. When the contract details for Mitchell Trubisky took forever to hit the Internet, you know, it's not great money. Like if it's just reported like the Steelers get Mitchell Trubisky on a two year deal and you don't hear for several hours the money, you know, it's like it's fine. You didn't spend that much money. It's not that much money. It's like basically you're the favorite to win the starting job against Mason Rudolph and a rookie. Um, But what was your reaction to the Trubisky thing going to Pittsburgh? Makes sense for him to get an audition here. Uh, uninspiring. Um, I mean, I get the rookie class doesn't look great either. Um, I don't have a strong take here whatsoever. I would just get. I would guess that Pittsburgh gets similar production from their quarterback as they got from Ben Roethlisberger last year. I mean, he right. he might even have a little bit more fantasy value because he runs a little more. Yeah. But and it's not like a total death knell to Deontay Johnson. I say Mason Rudolph. I'd be more scared or Dwayne Haskins if they went Agreed. into the year. So I guess that's where I stand. But I mean, it's certainly not anything to get excited over. Look, Trubisky. I feel like. Because, number one, he was drafted in the same draft class as Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. It also felt like only the Bears were convinced that was a good pick to make. Um, and also because there's a weird, like, Chicago-leaning, and I'm, I'm spe- specifically, even look at our media uh, outlet here at Yahoo Sports, like our boss, Jason Klobaka, Bears fan, you know, Andy Barons, Liz, like all these. There's a lot of weird, like, Bear. there's a lot of Bears fans in Football yeah. media specifically, it seems like. So the Bears yeah, get Brad talked Evans about a lot. Was, yeah, Brad, Brad Evans, Evans as well. Was, uh, yeah. yeah uh, so again, like I, mean, I think I mean, the, is, the tr- it is. Right. Yeah. Who yeah. know? Who know? Who knows with Brad? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, like the Bears thing gets beat. Like the Trubisky thing kind of got like beat like a horse, and the fact that he was just, he, it just was a bad pick. But like I think he can be a a guy that keeps the ship afloat. Um, I don't think this is bad news at all. Like it could be, it could have been a lot worse for Deontay Johnson, the chase Claypool thing. I I'm still like, we'll see on chase Claypool just in general, but for Johnson, like this doesn't make me like worried any more than I would have been about Deontay Johnson. Like, you know, Allen Robinson caught 200 passes, mostly from Mitchell Trubisky from 2019 to 2020. Like I think Trubisky could actually keep these boys afloat there in Pittsburgh more than you know some of these other goofballs could have on the free agent market yeah it took incredible volume for Big Ben these last couple years 600 plus pass attempts he got 6.3 YPA 6.2 YPA in today's NFL that is pretty ugly I give mean, me the over bad. on they, Trubisky for both of yeah, those numbers by I the mean way. they're gonna probably get better production than the quarterback position I take it back yeah I mean Roethlisberger last couple years was uh yeah that was a uh, not great so was it 11 11 fumbles last year five lost fumbles yeah it wasn't wasn't great so so yeah Trubisky might even be a small upgrade Roethlisberger is also 
kind of sneaky like Russell Wilson that basically like every offensive coordinator that would come through Seattle would have this idea about what they were going to do with the offense. And then it just became the Russell Wilson offense. Like, you know, they got rid of um, uh, Randy Finkner. They get rid of Randy Finkner. They promote uh, Matt Canada, who has like a totally different philosophy from what the Steelers were doing the, the last year of the, the Fickner offense. And then it just becomes the Ben Roethlisberger offense. It just, like, it, it's... He can mitigate, sorry, he mitigated his low YPA, which is 13 sacks the year before, but then last year that went up to 38 sacks. So he was getting no pass, no, no <laughs> yards per attempt and get going, being brought down too. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. Yeah, so some of like the pre-snap motion, the play action, like, and the quarterback movement, which is a Trubisky thing and definitely not a Roethlisberger thing at this point. I think there's like, I actually think this could work out. And like, again, it, Trubisky's not going to come in there and blow the doors off and, you know, revitalize his career but i think he again he could maybe keep the ship afloat uh in pittsburgh better than some other places uh teddy bridgewater is gonna be the miami dolphins quote backup quarterback like i love that every single insider that reported this made sure to say the words backup quarterback for teddy bridgewater uh yeah um i i feel like we're gonna see teddy bridgewater maybe start a couple games whether it's by injury or whether it's by you know performance for tua I feel like we'll see Teddy at some point in 2022, but uh, nice, nice insurance policy there for Teddy and a guy who hasn't really played in the Shanahan style of system before. Actually, I think this is a pretty decent fit for him if he does have to play. Yeah, especially with Tua's durability concerns, running all those RPOs too. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a nice, nice backup. Nothing to move the needle in, in fantasy terms really here though. No, not at all. All right, let's talk running backs here. There's only a few to talk. Let's lump in the Cardinals, guys, because this was kind of the first domino to fall in the legal tampering period or whatever the hell we're calling it. Anyways, by the way, so great to get like two running back signings right off the bat. So I, I could hear everybody's opinion about the value of running backs that I haven't heard before. That was awesome. Great stuff, guys. Glad we're just playing the hits right at the start of the new league year. Uh, Chase Edmonds goes to the aforementioned Miami Dolphins uh, on a two-year deal. James Conner goes back to the Cardinals on a $7 million per year, three-year deal. Which, which one of these do you want to take first? James Conner, I might have moved too high. He always burns me when I'm in on him. He gets in. I know there's injury history there, but man, the Cardinals, that's back-to-back years. They're producing so many red zone carries and goal line carries. He's been a touchdown machine, and now the targets open up. It's really just health there for me, for him, unless they bring in someone else. But as now, it's hard for me not to treat him as a top 15 fantasy back. Yeah, and again, look, he had an awesome role when Chase Edmonds was hurt because we know he can he can catch passes. Uh, obviously, there's a durability concern, as you mentioned, but he was really good there last year. They're bringing back Zach Ertz, too. Like, they're just kind of running back this uh, veteran, like these two veteran additions that they really kind of nailed last year in Ertz and, and Connor. They're they're banking on that production again. We'll see if that's a good plan for Arizona. But for, yeah, but I like both of these guys, or, you know, coming back to Arizona for their fantasy value, both Zach Ertz and James Connor on that three-year deal. Um, Chase Edmonds going to Miami, though. This one happened right away. Your guy, Mike McDaniel, uh, identified. So I, my question here to you, if he follows the Shanahan model, it does Mike McDaniel chase Edmonds will be what like the number three running back on the yeah. Dolphins depth chart. Cause they made a big investment in him. Some seventh rounder um, is going for 1200 yards in this offense. But uh, anyways, reaction. to right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does it, it feels like the dolphins are not done at the running back position, but I do like the signing here for chase Edmonds, who I think is a pretty good player. 
Yeah, I'd be very surprised if Raheem Mostert doesn't end up either back in San Francisco or with Miami. He's been tied yeah, there. Seriously. And McDaniel, yeah, I mean, obviously he's a, that's his offensive mind is the running game. So you got to be excited, especially with not too many other options there uh, on the depth chart right now. So Edmonds definitely a bump up his fantasy value, although Miami's offensive line problems remain uh, remain there too. But yeah, it's great to see these guys split up and Edmonds even going to a, a backfield that's wide open. So yeah, this is good news for fantasy managers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. Well, how this, are you this, taking Waddle? How is, I mean, I have him ranked so uh, it's stupid high. Like I have him right with with Mike Evans and half PPR. I mean, in full PPR, oh, yeah. Waddle. I mean, is just he's just a cheat code. I mean, what he did as a rookie. I mean, what, how high? I mean, that you have it's about right. Yeah, he's a he's a wide receiver one in fantasy. I think so. I have him in my dynasty rankings, like wide receiver eight or something too. I'm I'm really really high on him going forward. Uh, great fit. Obviously, McDaniel's gassed about him. He talked about. He said he would draft him in fantasy. So that's a <laughs> yes, sir, coach. No problem about it. We'll we'll make sure to do that. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that it's wheels up for Waddle too. You know, Cedric Wilson. We could we talked about this. He goes to the Dolphins like on a three year deal. I mean, whatever. Like it doesn't really move the needle for me. I think they'll probably make another maybe another wide receiver addition in the draft. But yeah, Waddle, I think. I hope that this move too, this Chase Edmonds thing, because Edmonds obviously is like a, a little short area pass catcher out of the backfield. I hope that frees Jalen Waddle up to run even more downfield routes too. Like, you know, Debo last year was like leading the NFL in yards per catch at, at certain points because he was actually getting like deep route usage despite the fact that he's, if people think of him like in 2020, he was basically a glorified running back and, out of the backfield and then he actually does running back things you know Debo is a freak that's a totally different discussion but I think that we could use like the way they were getting Debo yards after the catch on deep targets would be awesome for Jalen Waddle that would be awesome one final note on Miami I forget who to attribute this to this tweet to but uh, they noted that McDaniel hated having non-blockers on in their formation anyway Gesicki was gonna, it's going to be hard for him to line up in the slot as often as he did last year I, yeah. if McDaniel continues his his uh, style that he carried that he used in San Francisco so that'll be interesting to see how he's employed Yes, and our producer, John, uh, noted that uh, Mike Gusecki, he did not engage himself in any of the Jimmy Graham arbitration stuff. He's just like, hey, you know what? I'll just take the money. Let me just sign this franchise tender right now. Let me just go ahead and get that get that in there. Uh, so smart business move for Mike Gusecki, maybe, uh, depending on how you feel about it. A couple other pass-catching options. J.D. McKissick goes to the Bills on a two-year deal. The Patriots re-sign James White on a two-year deal. Um, I thought this might be the moment when White finally goes down there to Tampa. Uh, to join up with Tom Brady does not happen. By the way, since we've been recording, the Patriots traded Shaq Mason guard to uh, Tampa Bay to reunite with Tom Brady. That's a pretty nice trade for Tampa Bay who lost uh, one guard to retirement, one guard in free agency to the Cincinnati Bengals. But oh, you know, sure, James White, the Patriots, that's that's fine. But J.D. McKissick, dude, I think this is interesting on a couple different fronts. Number one, give me your Antonio Gibson uh, reaction, uh, based reaction to this piece of news. Oh yeah, great news. I mean, just a year ago, we were all talking about how he played wide receiver in Memphis in college, and he's gonna, you know, take over the role. McKissick has earned, I believe, the second highest target share among running backs behind only Kamara over the last two years. So he commands those targets. So it's 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 great news for Gibson. And conversely, it's horrible news for my guy Singletary, who I've been yeah. pounding on the table is ranked way too low and going too too low in these uh, early drafts because uh, this really hurt. I mean, they were I think third lowest uh, target rate to running backs Buffalo, and now McKissick's gonna take all those. So that definitely hurts i mean singletary was the number five fantasy back over the final six weeks i think and he quietly just became their workhorse down the stretch including the playoffs but now he definitely is losing that those passing downs to uh to mckissick yeah exactly uh, we'll see if washington makes another free agent addition or another draft addition at the running back position 
I think there are some whispers that they haven't quite been super happy with Antonio Gibson's play uh, through this first couple of years, but I'm still in on Antonio Gibson. I just want to see if they make like another pass catching type of addition. Um, you know, he wasn't, he did play receiver uh, in college, but playing receiver as a running back playing versus receiver. And it's, it's a very different transition. It sounds like he's, he hasn't quite, it just basically sounds like he hasn't quite made that tradition, that transition as much as they'd like to, but McKissick and Buffalo, I don't know that he's going to become some huge fantasy factor, but this is like a perfect fit. And I think McKissick like has juice. I think he's a good player. He's the type perfect type of player that like fantasy fantasy managers just whine about and complain about and wish he didn't exist, but he does exist. And I think he's going to be a good addition for Buffalo. I think it just helps their offense because of the style of play that their offense has as a pass first unit. And McKissick being an actually good like pass catching option will help a lot. A full year of Dawson Knox. They brought Gabriel Davis snaps instead of Emmanuel Sanders' carcass. Yeah, they brought back <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie. Um, I yeah, I like uh, I, I I like what Buffalo's doing. Uh, Josh Allen. It's going to be hard to not rank as everyone's number one fantasy QB again. So yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, this is a big help for the Bills. The Bills are absolutely the if they should probably be considered the the favorites to win the Super Bowl, maybe. I'm listen. I'm in on it. Uh, I, it sounds like Cole Beasley might be elsewhere as well. You know, they gave him permission to seek a trade, which usually means you're not coming back to, to this team uh, in particular. And McKenzie will be interesting as well if they do actually cut Cole Beasley. And I bet their team, their team that I bet will draft a receiver. You know, maybe not crazy high, but in a in an area that we're talking about, said receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, all right, speaking of receivers, let's talk receivers. We have a lot to discuss here, um, and we're already you know thirty five minutes in the podcast. Let's first talk about the big ticket item, which is strangely Christian Kirk. Uh, we'll talk the both of the Jaguars signings here uh, right off the bat. Christian Kirk, he gets a four year deal. It's up to and up to is doing a hell of a lot of work when old Adam Schefter tweets out something, deletes it, then puts up to in the tweet. <laughs> it's a four year deal up to 80 something million. Look, Christian Kirk ain't getting all that money. It's probably more like a two year, $37 million deal, which is still a lot for Christian Kirk. And it's a lot of money. I get it. But I will say this Christian Kirk, the reason that. Well, for, you know what? First, you you react to this, and I'm, I'll shut up for a minute before I go on the Christian Kirk tangent. But what what do you, what was your take when you saw the Kirk deal for, with the Jaguars? Uh, it's an admittance of Lavisca Chenault experiment might be over. I mean, he had uh, he had an ideal oh, yeah. situation <laughs> last year. I mean, with Etn and Shark both going down, and he saw a hundred targets from Trevor Lawrence, and it resulted in zero touchdowns. But um. I don't know. I don't know to make this seems like very, very expensive reports out now that uh, the whole league is going crazy at Trent Baalke for giving out these deals. Um, some of these moves seem redundant. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's happening here. You're the wide receiver whisperer. You tell me. So, okay. Like, like you said, the contract is, is the eye popping number. Number one, it's Jacksonville. They've got to pay people to come down there. Fair. Um, That's fair. So, so there's that now, but Christian Kirk though, I said before when there were reports that he was going to get like 15 million a year, which he, you know, blew past that. I was like, this makes sense because this is how free agency works. He's young, he's healthy, which you cannot say about the other good receivers coming in, and he's coming off a nice year. You know, like, do I think Allen Robinson is a better player than Christian Kirk? Like, duh. Yeah, I, I do think that. Is Michael Gallup, and uh, you know, is he a better player than Christian Kirk? Yeah, probably. I think he's a better player than Christian Kirk. But these guys are coming off injury-plagued years. Robinson's coming off a down year. When young guys 
they're hitting the market at the right time. They get paid and like bad teams got to come pay them to come down there. And I will say this too, like Christian Kirk is a vertical slot option. You mentioned LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault can't get open. I mean, he can't get open versus man coverage. He can't get open versus zone coverage. Uh, Kirk is definitely much more of uh, – I mean, LaVisca Chenault's just not even really like a receiver at this point. Christian Kirk is a vertical slot option who can rip open zone coverage and who can make plays at the catch point. That is what Trevor Lawrence needed. Like, he needed a player like this so badly. This offense could have would have killed for a player like Christian Kirk last year, even if you think Christian Kirk is, like, maybe a low-end two, high-end three. It was a huge area of need. So despite the fact they overpaid, I actually think Christian Kirk is going to be a really, really good addition for them uh, because it was something, the, the exact type of player that they needed. And I think he and Trevor Lawrence, like, Lawrence loves to throw those vertical seam balls. And now he actually has a good player on the other end of those targets. Mm-hmm couple things I'll add. Derek Carr is getting his deep guys paid. Uh, Aguilar last offseason and now Zay Jones. And last year, Jack, I know yeah. there's a new head coach, but Jacksonville, tri- I believe they gave up decent capital for Dan Arnold. And now they sign Evan Ingram. I mean, did we mention that one too? So no, yeah, yeah, I don't know what Balky's doing there. I don't know, man. It's not not encouraging for the, so far, the year two for Lawrence. But but yes, but Christian Kirk may help. I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, whatever. You got to spend the money to go to Jacksonville and you're, you're, you're happy. I mean, no one else can go there. Sure, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall you for that and i think the evan ingram signing is not bad either you know it's a one-year oh, deal I, I know i know i know i get it but ingram's at least had his moments i know giants fans hate him because he has these like gut-wrenching drops in crucial moments but you know he's the type of i mean come on man jason garrett had this guy like playing jason witten's role with the little hitches you know coming <laughs> off like inline tight end um, Doug Peterson, you know, has made good use of tight ends in the past. Zach Ertz, you know, who's like a, a, a pure slot receiver type. I mean, I don't know how the, the freaking Jags have added like so many slot receivers. It doesn't really make a lot of <laughs> sense in that regard. So as much as I like the Kirk uh, signing, I could understand the Ingram signing. The Zay Jones thing, bro. I mean, that one threw me for a loop. Like guy is it wasn't 500 something yards last year. His career high. I mean, he was awful in Buffalo made himself a decent player for the Raiders. Derek Carr really has, has actually said a lot of good things about Zay Jones, but three years, 24 million, like up to more up to 30 million, I think as well. That one was surprising. And apparently Trent bulky, the piece de resistance of his uh, entire career here is everybody said all the insiders said too, that this is basically screwed up the wide receiver market. Cause there's so many guys out there like Robinson, um, several others who are, you, you know, they see these deals for Christian Kirk and they're like, hello, this is what I want. Zay Jones. Like, you know, if you're Marquez Valdez Scantling, you gotta be like, all right, give me the Zay Jones deal, man. But like, um, I don't, so apparently it's slowed down the entire wide receiver market here. Cause from the time Kirk signed, um, you know, we had the Cedric Wilson contract, and then the Russell Gage contract, and that's it. And I don't even know how much we don't still even know how much money Russell Gage got. So shout out to Trent Balky for screwing up the entire free agency period here. Yeah, I, I think Zay Jones's first hundred yard game of his career was Week 17 last season, and yeah, it is funny to hear agents are like, just ignore whatever Jacksonville's doing. But yeah, you won't hear me defending Trent Balky, that's for sure. Oh, agents are like, no, look at what Jacksonville's doing, and let us get some of that. Oh, teams, I'm sorry, teams I'm sorry. Are, teams, teams are, teams are, are saying, yeah, my bad, are, I got that backward. My fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Teams sorry, are the agents like, no. are bringing out. That's Exhibit A. I'm sorry, that's what they're bringing up to the table <laughs> is what Jacksonville's saying. And my bad. Yes, the the teams are saying, please just ignore that. All the all the talk during like the head coaching cycle was that nobody wanted to work with Trent Balky and nobody likes mm-hmm. Trent Balky. Well, let me tell you what, boy, he's not <laughs> going to have receivers. any more any. <laughs> yeah. He, 
Christian Kirk is, is Trent Balky is only friend him. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk can all hang out. Cause nobody else is going to want to hang out with Trent Balky at the league meetings or whatever. After this whole thing, I lied. We did have another receiver signing between Kirk and Russell Gage. It was DJ Chark to the lions on a one-year deal from the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars. It, there was no chance Chark was coming back to the Jags. That bridge was burned. Um, what was your reaction to the Chark signing? Yeah, how much does this affect him on Raw St. Brown? And then there's big splits with St. Brown and Hawkinson to look at too, but he was so, so good and just so uh, historically impressive what, what he did as a rookie with you know, mediocre quarterback uh, in PPR. He's still got to rank him aggressively despite the addition of Shark here. But um, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Whatever. I mean, it's, do, you have, do you have a strong thoughts on him? A take? <laughs> a take. Uh, so for DJ Chark specifically, I, I like the move for the Lions. It's a one year. I think it's like $12 million. Sure, yeah, exactly. T totally yeah. fine deal. Right. Um, I'll say this, though, about Chark. Uh, his first three games last year were terrible, you know, even before he got hurt. Like, he was not playing well. His 2020 season, again, I know there were a lot of injuries there. Not a good year. Twenty nine. I remember coming out of 2019 and be like, oh, man, DJ Chark. Like, he's, you know, you watch him play, and he's looking good. Like, he, he was separating. He was winning at the catch point. He was getting down the field. But, again, 2020, terrible year. The start to last year, like, I mean, you I caught seven passes and was getting targeted a lot. And there's a reason for that. Like, sometimes there's noise and catch rate and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that, it was bad. The first three games for DJ Chark were really, really, really bad. So it's a risk for the Lions, but it is the type of player that they need, right? They needed, um, you know, kind of that vertical stretch guy. They did bring back Josh Reynolds, who's, you know, a Jared Goff guy. They played together at the Rams. He had some moments for the Lions last year, but this is basically just taking like last year, their three receiver set kind of towards the end of the year was Reynolds as the Z I'm on Ross St. Brown as the Z slot guy. And then like Khalif Raymond or, you know, and now they're just going to take Raymond out of there and put, uh, you know, DJ Charkin, which theoretically, should be an upgrade, but I'll tell you what, I'm still in on, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I think the guy's legit good. I know that the, you know, sometimes like splits just happen, you know, and I think you've seen rookie receivers take that like kind of upward trajectory. And, and, you know, despite the fact that these are like, look, well, he, he's not going to have like a 30 plus percent target share next year. I don't think anybody's arguing that, but the role that he's in, you know, I keep calling him Bud Light Cooper Cup. I've been calling him that since before he was drafted by the Lions and, you know, the team that has Jared Goff at quarterback. I think this is just such a natural fit between Goff and, and Amon Ross St. Brown that, like, the Chark thing doesn't make me move Amon Ross St. Brown at all because I always assumed they would get an X receiver in there. And, you know, now it's Chark and not like a promising rookie, although they still might draft a guy. Yeah, maybe even helps clear the underneath stuff by running go routes or whatever, Chark, oh, yeah. a deep guy. So, yeah, maybe the turf should help him, too. So, Goff proved uh, plenty competent enough in my eyes last year, so I'm still in on St. Brown. But he's definitely going to be an interesting guy to see how how fantasy managers uh, rank him and draft him, you know, because of the addition of Chark and, and Hawkinson's return and just, you know, his second half was just so incredible. Yeah, and look, if you look at the Lions offense right now, like you said, Jared Goff is not like a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's anybody's idea of a solution, but he's behind a good offensive line. They've, they've made some really nice picks there. Deandre Swift. We all believe to be a really talented running back. Jamal Williams is still in the backfield as well. Hawkinson is an up and coming tight end. St. Brown is such a good receiver there. You know, DJ Chark now uh, with Josh Reynolds, like you squint at it. This, kind of has the makings of a pretty good offense and, and you know still should be a defense that's fallen behind all the time you know this the lions had their moments last year as a fun offense i think they could really be a fun offense this year for fantasy like a sneaky value offense 
yeah, uh, Dan Campbell, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think he's a good coach. I mean, I, yeah. I, as Hell someone yeah. who who play, paid close attention to Lions games and ultimately knocked me out of my big survivor pool, I mean, the guy oh, was yeah. incredibly aggressive on fourth down and would do onside kicks. And just I watched that he he had those teams prepared. Uh, that were you know with injuries i mean really honestly i was impressed with dan dan campbell and uh i yeah detroit's going to be a team that well is not on a, like a weekly uh, a pushover no completely agree i think they'll be a hard out uh and, and they're yeah they're, again just a really fun uh team right now and the fact that dan campbell taking over play calling duties um they elevated offensive coordinator too to take for over for anthony lynn who will be involved with the whole thing i can't remember the guy's name right now um but you know th this all kind of coincided with st brown's rise to prominence like i don't know man you know he's not like freaking darius slayton or something like that pops up for a couple good games as a day three draft pick like he became the core uh function of their offense ben johnson by the way lions offense coordinator whose name i forgot uh thank you producer john for that one but yeah like th this is this was the core identity of their offense. I think he is still a guy that I'm going to be hundred percent in on, you know, as long as he's not going to go crazy, crazy high, which I don't think he will uh, in drafts this, this coming year. Yeah. I'm trying to see what his ECR is uh, right now. It is. Oh, that's crazy. No, it says it's 30, but I have him 20. 30 seems pretty, pretty, pretty low. 30 for is him. crazy low. Yeah. I think, I think 20 is much more somewhere between like 20 feels perfect. Um, Cause I think he has upside to outkick that. Um, and there's obviously some target risk there as well. Okay. Uh, who do you like him more? Our guy, Elijah Moore. Great transition. Cause I was just going to talk about Elijah Moore uh, because Braxton Berrios is back with there the Jets go. on a two year deal. Um, Braxton Berrios, like Jets fans love this guy. He's like a great special teamer and just good enough as a slot receiver. And this, I think cements Elijah Moore. I keep seeing people talk about the Jets maybe draft a receiver, and they could, right? Because the depth there is not great. But, like, if they run out, Moore is their one, and I think Moore is a one. By the way, that's a really hard question between St. Brown and Elijah Moore. I, I think I, – I know I have Elijah Moore higher in my dynasty rankings. I know I'm higher on him as a player. Situationally, it's like I think St. <laughs> Brown is – probably they're like very different players because yeah. i'm gonna be i'm gonna cop out here and say like get, get your st brown for a floor and elijah moore for the weekly ceiling you know like, i think they're kind of those type of players but yeah. uh yeah i probably <laughs> will say elijah moore but anyways i think right. this is good this signing was good for um elijah moore who is going to be i think cemented as an outside receiver which is he can win outside that's proven at this point and then Corey davis is like kind of the two and then they have barrios as, as a slot guy and they signed cj uzoma a tight end there for the jets as well yeah i so i have more one spot ahead so at least for uh you agree that they're very close um i'm so in on more but i was curious about this barrios edition being a problem because that guy is a target machine i mean even before last year whenever he'd get a chance to start he would get a lot of targets i mean i know it sounds funny but if he's manning the slot i know that uh more can play both the slot and outside a lot of comp santonio brown so i was kind of worried about i liked jamison crowder leaving and having more uh, had the slot open, but with Berrios, you still think it's totally fine and Moore's going to get to the outside. I mean, we haven't even got to the whole Zach Wilson problem, but I'm just so yeah. in on Moore's talent. I'm just so in, so I in know. on Elijah. Yeah, and I think they're they're putting together pieces that'll actually help Zach Wilson in this offense in the second year. You know, CJ Uzoma as the tight end, or Uzama as the tight end, as opposed to, you know, what they were running out last year. That's a big difference maker. They signed Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers. That's a good guard for them to bring in along with Elijah Vera Tucker, who they drafted last year. It's just the Makai Becton thing at this point. Is he actually going to be their left tackle? Like, is he act? You know, is he actually going to going to play? Uh, there's that whole Tevin thing. Coleman. Don't forget Tevin Coleman resigned, but huge, huge. And Michael Carter in the backfield. Yeah, Tevin Coleman. 
I mean, that's Carter, good news. In all, that's good in all news seriousness, for Carter. Carter. Yeah, in all seriousness, exactly. Yes, in all seriousness, Carter did look good, actually. Yeah, yeah, they've got the makings of a good offense around Zach Wilson. And again, I think they might draft a receiver, you know, high round two, round three, something like that. Kind of Corey Davis insurance because he was banged up a lot last year. I mean, Moore was also injured at times last year, too. So I think they could probably use some depth there. But um, it's I think it's it's good news for Elijah Moore. Uh, there. All right, let's run through some of these tight end signings. We talked about CG Uzama already. I don't think he's a guy I'm going to be like super excited to draft, but it's probably a good signing for the Jets. We talked about Gasecki back on the franchise tag. Moali Cox, the pride of VCU, baby. One of the most giant human beings on planet Earth is back with the Colts. I'm so excited to like keep that candle lit for old Moali Cox. Again, the pride of uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. And then he's never going to do anything. He's going to like one. He's going to have like a massive touchdown in one game, and then he's going to get you know zero targets for like three straight games after that. I don't know. Jack Doyle Doyle rules retired. Uh, and as someone corrected me when I said uh, Kyle Pitts is the longest wingspan in the NFL, apparently Mo Ali Cox is the longest wingspan in NFL history. So yes, you weren't kidding when you said he's big. Former so, basketball yeah, player. So let's that's why let's give him an opportunity. Some 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 targets. Yeah, but obviously a big question there is who's going to be playing quarterback position in 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 Indy. Who the hell knows what's going on there at the quarterback position? Hey, who the hell knows what's going on in Seattle? Um, as much as like the Zay Jones contract was weird, the Christian Kirk contract was wild. Will Disley gets three years, twenty four million, when they just traded for Noah Fant. Bro, Dalton, help me out with the with the Seahawks here. What what the hell's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm guessing Gerald Everett is a free agent, but that is bizarre. Could get making a big deal for Noah Fant and then bringing in Disley does not make sense. Fantasy managers don't don't love it. Um, yeah, and obviously not having Russell Wilson as the, as the QB there too. I'm still curious in Seattle just what's going to happen with Rashad Penny, but yeah, it's an odd one in the t- in the tight end there to bring in Disley with along with Fant. Yeah, I forgot forgot about Rashad Penny uh, there as well. Yeah, no, I mean, geez, good God. The Seahawks, uh, I know I took this off the outline, and now I'm going to talk about it. But it, it was pretty funny to me to see uh, Colin Kaepernick being like, hey, I'm looking for some pro. I really miss pro. I, I'm, I'm working out. I'm staying ready. But I really miss throwing to pro receivers. And Tyler Lockett, you know, as he's looking like, I got to play with Drew Locke this year. <laughs> Let me at least go, like, catch passes. 20 minutes that tweets up, Tyler Lockett gets in there, and he works out with Colin Kaepernick um so yeah it's weird times in Seattle man it is a weird I I don't know what's going on there I don't really know the direction of the team because they're kind of throwing money around in free agency too so I'm kind of weirdly tell tell me how crazy I am I've decided I haven't moved DK Metcalf down uh after thinking about it so I know Russell Wilson is also is always among the league leaders with uh, with Brady with those end zone targets and obviously it's a downgrade don't get me wrong but my thinking is he was playing injured last year he scored what 15 touchdowns the year before he's just such a, a baller there and Drew Locke is aggressive. He throws the ball downfield, and he's going to be worse. Guess what that means? The team's going to be worse, so they can't run the ball as much as Carroll wants. So I don't know. I weirdly see Locke. They won't be nearly as efficient, uh, but I could see this like more targets and DK Metcalf weirdly being similar fantasy value. Am I crazy? I think if they take a rookie, I just did. Oh, all bets are off there. Yeah, okay. So you do you think Drew Locke is that bad? Okay, I could be. That's why. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Okay, that's totally possible. But I get, but I get your point though about the fact that Drew Locke is aggressive and like you know Cortland Sutton actually had a pretty decent season. Oh yeah, with like oh, Joe yeah. Flacco he goes downfield too. Locke. He goes yeah. a dots, a dots high. He throws downfield. Yeah. He's aggressive. 
So, yeah, there are some times when he was just like absurd in terms of percentage of passes going 20 plus yards, like 40 plus percent of his passes going 20 plus yards with Drew Locke. So I understand that. Obviously, hey, the best thing deep... for your fantasy receiver is a pick six. You're down another seven points. That's ball true. Right, ball right back. You know, you're down seven. You know, have to throw. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm talking That's myself true. into this, but uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe it's off base. <laughs> I, I just I'm pretty scarred last year from like. Allen Robinson from Terry McLaurin, these guys that I think are ballers. And then they just Mm -hmm. go into like horrific, not just like quarterback situation, but horrific offensive situations, like the ecosystem as a whole trash. I kind of feel like Seattle could be trending that direction. And like, I love Metcalf. I love Tyler Lockett. Everybody knows I love Tyler Lockett, but like, I just don't know that I'm ever with all the receiver options. Like even if they're at a big value, I just don't know that I'm ever going to like comfortably click that guy. You know, now, that, dude, it's a good point. I mean, I'm I'm out on McLaurin, even though I'm with you that I that I love him in real life. But until they upgrade the, the, the quarterback position, I don't think Carson Wentz counts. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe yeah, I'm talking out of both sides here because, yeah, I'm trying to maybe I'm just uh, in, my, in my one best ball. I, I did grab Metcalf in round three before the before the trade. So uh, I'm even trying to, to, to reason there. But no, honestly, I actually do feel that I do think there's a, that's there, a possibility that Seattle just forced to throw the ball more. And, and and it's ugly, but it just gets a bunch of targets for Metcalf. No, definitely, it's it's potentially true. A um, couple other kind of cleanup notes here before we get out of here because we've we've covered a lot here on the show. Um, Brandon Scherf went to the Jaguars as well in their big free agent signing. I know there's some folks that are kind of worried about Brandon Scherf's health, but he's an awesome guard uh, if he's healthy. That should be a huge addition for Trevor Lawrence. A couple other running back or uh, offensive line notes. James Daniel went to the Steelers on a really nice three-year, $26.5 million deal. Um, Steelers could look pretty good there. I talked about Lakin Tomlinson goes from the 49ers to the Jets. Alex Kappa, uh, one of the couple Bengals free agent signings at guard and then center Ted Karras they brought in as well. He could play guard too. So um, Roger Saffold also leaves Tennessee to go to the uh, in the Buffalo Bills. Ben Jones stays in Tennessee. Connor Williams started 31 games or multiple games, more than that, for the Dallas Cowboys. And he goes to the uh, Miami Dolphins on a two-year $14 million deal. So the Dolphins definitely trying to get Tua some help. The, the Jaguars definitely trying to get um, Trevor Lawrence some help. I don't know if the Jags are – they no, neither of these teams, I think, are done yet, though, is basically the, the way to look at it. Travis Etienne remains a very interesting uh, draft prospect this year coming back with some, all those additions that you mentioned, but none to the backfield. And then uh, just to, to finish with the, the Niners, uh, Tomlinson uh, being replaced at left guard is interesting. Not only did the Niners redshirt their first round pick, Trey Lance, they redshirted their second round pick, Aaron Banks, last year. Big guy out of Notre Dame. The, they're, they're talking positive. They think they will place him right there, Tomlinson, at left guard, but, but we'll see. It's pretty odd to just basically redshirt your first two round picks and then expect them to be the starters right, right away your too so we'll see what happens there 49ers are such I mean as usual such an interesting team there was the speculation that Brady was going to come there um and then there was a report from uh, a person not uh, I'm not going to name someone reported that Sean Watson was meeting with the 49ers and then my entire timeline everybody yes. else is like not true nope 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 the, not the most true adamant <laughs> vehement denial you've <laughs> seen a team I've ever seen yes. I've yes. ever seen my entire timeline literally like no that's not happening so um can't wait to uh to to see how that one unfolds and last item we'll discuss here again seriously before we leave and I'm sneaking this in at the end of the show because I love the way that the the Vikings 
snuck in the Kirk Cousins uh, like extension or whatever. It's like, hey, this Brady story, pretty crazy. Can't believe he's coming back. By the way, we're extending Kirk Cousins for another couple of years. <laughs> it's mostly to lower cap. Blah, blah. But it sounds like this does cement Kirk Cousins 2022 starter for the Minnesota Vikings, which is great news for Justin Jefferson and everybody else. There. Jefferson in this Cooper Cup role is going to be sick. I mean, the coach is already yeah. saying he's putting him in there, so I can't wait for it. Yeah, yeah. Good news for him for sure. Yeah, it's it, Vikings fans might be pissed about it, but uh, I do think it makes some sense. Like, you know, what are you going to like, you would blow the whole thing up, I guess, if you got rid of Kirk Cousins. But um, he could be traded next offseason, but it's not going to happen this year. So that is that. All right. That is going to do it for this episode. Action packed with a ton of free agent news items. As I mentioned, we're just wrapping up here at 5 p.m. Eastern. So anything that happens after that, you're on your own. We'll talk about it next show, which will be Liz and Scott on Thursday to catch you up on all of the news as it breaks in the next couple of days. In the meantime, Twitter, it's an app where you can hear about things as they're happening in real time. And while you're there, you can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. I'm actually trying to tweet a little bit more, trying to engage with you people out there. Dalton, I don't know if you could say the same for him, but he is at, at Dalton Del Don. And while you're there, of course, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. Until then, we're out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.